0: Hello and welcome to Who Watches the World Cup? It's been a tough year, Dave, for all of us. Um, The pandemic has meant that people have lost family, friends, loved ones, relationships. The whole world has, has, has frankly been turned upside down. But there was one glimmer of hope. For all Europeans, well not all of them because some of them didn't qualify, but for the Europeans (laughs) that qualified, there was one glimmer of hope. And that was the Euros. Euro 2020, delayed by a year, it's finally been here. We're a week into the tournament now at this point. But what happens when that beautiful sport is corrupted by the seedy, disgusting world of politics? That's what we're here to discuss today. A week into the tournament, how are you feeling about it? I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, we've watched... No, we haven't watched every game, but we More could, or less, yeah. Yeah, we've Yeah, we been tr- pretty much doing three games a day for a week. Um, obviously, your girlfriend Laura is not best pleased about that situation. She has been saying quite evidently, can Dom please leave this house <laughs> so that we can do something except for watch football, which is fair enough. But you've enjoyed the week.
1: Up to this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been great to watch so much football and for so many of the games to be really, genuinely exciting. And it's not, not been a drab affair by any means. And some games, I think we mentioned before, where we didn't really think that we had any stake in. Like the Holland versus the Ukraine game yeah. was just so exciting. And when Ukraine scored their goals, we were up on our feet. Yeah. Like we had just, with as much exuberance and uh, and fandom as we had when we watched Wales and when we have watched England. So... Yeah, it was been it's been really it's been really nice. Yeah, <laughs> just to just to be completely swept up in this uh, this amazing kind of experience.
0: Yes, yeah, I've really I've really enjoyed it as well. Uh, but before we get into Group E, I wanted to touch on some of the controversies that we've had up to this point because uh, when we did the World Cup series back in oh what was that 20, 2018, uh, we did a specific episode about a controversy between Switzerland and Serbia. I don't know how much of that you remember or exactly what happened. We touched on it a little bit in a previous one of these, but do you remember what happened in that in that World Cup?
1: Yeah, that was around um, Switzerland uh, when they scored their goals. Um, Jordan Shakiri and Granit Xhaka, who have Albanian and Kosovan descent, ran to the Serbian supporters and Formed their hands it's in the shape of a, a bird. Mm, like the Albanian flag. The Albanian, like yeah. the Albanian flag, and we coined it flipping the bird. Yes, which is very true. Which is very funny. Yes. Um, yeah, and that was a, a, a huge political statement which um, UEFA and FIFA tried to uh, keep separate from, from football, but sometimes these things get drawn in. Yeah,
0: yeah, and if... Uh Anyone would like some more of the backstory on that, then I definitely recommend going and checking out that episode. If you scroll through the Who Watches the World Cup uh, podcast listing, there will just be one called Switzerland, Serbia, Controversy or something like that. And um, we've got a lot of backstory on how this, you know, how this came to be, why this is an issue. But as we were recording the Group C episode the other day, we were watching Austria play North Macedonia. And I was saying, oh, North Macedonia is very similar to Switzerland because they've got lots of these Albanian players that are now integrated into the the country. And much like Switzerland has these Albanian descended players like, uh, like uh, Shaqiri and Granit Xhaka. Um, who have now risen to prominence, North Macedonia's new generation of football player has the same thing. And we were talking about going, oh, you know, it's kind of an interesting similarity between uh, between Switzerland and North Macedonia here. And then as we watched North Macedonia play Austria, one of the Austrian players scored and started shouting. And we were watching the match, like, what's he shouting about here? Like, I can't remember what, I can never pronounce the player's name. It was Marko and Yes,
1: and what 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 was he doing
0: at the end of that match? As much as you can remember.
1: Well, from what it turned out, because yeah, as we this that's the only time we've recorded a podcast while watching a game. and mm. This happened to happen during this match. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't. He obviously was fuming about something. Very vocal, really, just enraged. Not just he didn't just do a celebration. He was just yelling his head off. And um, it was you that was saying that David Alaba looked like he was trying to shut him up, like put his hand over his uh, on his face. And I was like, well, maybe they're just all really excited about the goal, and Arnautovic was angry about not being selected from the start. He came on as a substitute, but as it turned out, from um, what's been what's come out since, that it was maybe a little bit more um, of an aggravated verbal assault on one on a couple of the North Macedonian players.
0: Yes. Yeah, so it turns out the very players that he was shouting at
1: were those
0: north macedonians with albanian heritage because anatovich himself has serbian heritage and this thing that we spoke about previously with two completely different countries with switzerland and serbia has reared itself again in the form of north macedonia and austria which is kind of crazy um and immediately after the game anatovich came out and declared i am not a racist which is never a good start. I have friends in almost every country and I stand for diversity. Well, clearly that's not completely true if the first thing he did was come out and shout at the Albanian players when he scores a goal. Presumably
1: something about the fact that they were Albanian and he was Serbian. <laughs> yes. But then as I'm sure you'll get into the, the the finer details, but from what I saw, the he has been he's been suspended. He was suspended for the for the game against um Holland last night. Um, but nowhere in UEFA's thing did it say for being a racist. Mm-hmm. It just said for insulting... For insulting a player. Yeah, which is confusing because insults between players happen every five to ten seconds in a football match. Mm-hmm. So what did he say or do that was got him a one-match suspension that's different from any other kind of banter between players? And why would they not specify why he gets, gets suspended for for what he said on the pitch and no one else ever does.
0: Yes. So immediately after the match the FFM which is the Football Federation of Macedonia uh came reported Anatrevich and and went to UEFA and said uh hello uh, they they declared it a nationalistic outburst. Uh it's a nationalistic outburst for two countries that are not on the football field. Right? It's a it's a Serb Albanian fight on a North Macedonian, Austrian, you know, pitch. But UEFA only suspended him for one match. And again, this is not just nationalism, it's ethnicity, right? It's ethnic Serbs and ethnic Albanians for which there is a big, there's a big difference as we, we spoke about in, in great detail on the previous episode. And this is really confusing to me for why he's only been suspended for one match because here in in England, we've seen um, a really big attempt with like the kick it Out campaign, for example, to uh, combat racism and um, discrimination against players based on their race and their ethnicity, right and we've seen with the Black Lives Matter uh, kneeling that the players have done, there have been booze in certain stadiums. Uh, And that has had huge coverage in the UK, where saying um, some fans are racist because they're booing the England players. I'm not going to get into that at at this stage because it's a different discussion. But UEFA and FIFA have tried to take a strong stance on racism. But it seems like if that racism is. Centered somewhere else specifically between, say, the the Serbs and Albanians, they're not willing to do anything about it. Now, if this had been a player using a literal racist phrase to Paul Pogba, Raheem Sterling, to a a black player, that would have been gone. Like, they'd be out of the tournament and maybe banned from playing for their nation again. You would expect and when in, in Bulgaria, there was the famous Bulgarian incident with the England team with the Bulgarian fans being racist and UEFA didn't probably didn't go as far as they should have done. But that was a real thing. And with this kind of ethnic discrimination we are seeing here, as I said to you, I said to you yesterday, this ethnic battle between you know going on here is literally the cause of the first world war the first world war was caused by this very situation and so to say that it doesn't warrant or only warrants a one game suspension is well it warranted an entire fucking war (laughs) in the early 20th century so why is it only worth a one game ban and i don't understand because again it is an ethnic it, it like whether or the the colour of their skin is not is not what determines their ethnicity in this case. Right. Um, and it's I, I think, again, this UEFA have not been strong enough on racism towards black players. And here they're trying to soothe it. To go, well, it's not even really a problem. Right. But if I was Albanian or if I was North Macedonian or I was you know, then what? Then,
1: how was he going to be allowed to play in the next game? I, I don't get it. No. And I guess it will come down to the Austrian na- the team management, whether they pick him. Yeah. It, it could be pretty volatile, whatever happens. But yeah, this, this brings to mind what you were saying about um, Black Lives Matter and UEFA and FIFA trying to stamp down on racism towards black players and how that's been really prevalent in the news about racism around black players, but other kind of raci- racism like you're talking about, ethnic racism... It's not really in the conversation, and I think yeah. Sorry to sorry to interrupt, but we see that with the 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 nations that don't
0: kneel, for example, like North Macedonia. We were we were watching the Denmark Belgium game yesterday, and the Belgian players uh, knelt for, for the the Black Lives Matter thing, and the Danish players didn't, but they they applauded the the decision to kneel. But that again shows the different ways the different countries
1: are dealing with these issues or especially around black players yeah sure cuz the cultures will be different in, in yeah, every country yeah. so you can you can accept that you, you don't want to you don't want to put this mandate on teams that say we as uefa want to really solidify this whole equal thing you know, at the big bottom of the screen in every game it says we sign for equal yeah, yeah. whatever in in football and yeah the the kneeling for for black lives matter you, you don't want uefa to be like you have to do this. Yeah, it's yeah, it's mandatory. It's mandatory yeah. because then that kind of completely defeats the purpose. So it should be as it is, where each team can choose how to they want to represent themselves, and you know that that's absolutely fine. But um, the, the 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 example that was brought to mind as you were talking about this was when um, Glenn Kamara, who actually is plays for Finland in the Finnish national team, mm-hmm. he plays for Rangers, and uh, earlier on this season, Rangers were playing in the Europa League against the Czech side Slavia, and one of and Glen Kamara was. Um, racially abused on the pitch right. and in the uh, supposedly in the tunnel after the game, and the the offending player, uh, Andre Kudela, he was given a ten match ban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As uh, he should. As he should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, if that doesn't even seem like it's enough, but yeah, yeah. Which and if if uh, uh, if you look at the scenes that follow, like Kamara immediately responds and he obviously gets really angry. I think he did get some disciplinary reaction for his response. Right. Because you know. In, in the rules of the game, even if someone racially abuses you, you can't push somebody or yell at them or right, so he start to physically um I think he got suspended for three games mm-hmm. for his part in it. But so yeah, Black Lives Matter is a huge um news story over the last year mm-hmm. or two. Um so you wait for, uh, you know, on the back on the wave of this movement go, Oh, we've had a huge incident in the Europa League of Racial abuse, so we're going to slap a ten game ban on this guy. Yeah. Which actually, glen Glenn Kamara's lawyer, um, called the barest minimum penalty. Yeah. And yeah. made a, and quote made a mockery of UEFA's claims on taking racism seriously. Yeah. So even though that sounds big, a ten game ban, there's not many times that's been doled out before. Mm-hmm. Um. In, in on a human level, it's you know it's it's kind of pitiful. And then here we go in in the Euros, one of the biggest stage in the world. Mm. Um for football, and yeah it's just like it's basically a slap on the wrist, yeah it's a you know go sit in the corner and think about what you've done, but you get to, you can come back next next time yeah,
0: yeah, I think this goes to show something about you know really does show a condemnation of of UEFA as we spoke about in the European super League episode as well, were with Steve, we were saying how quickly FIFA and UEFA acted against these billionaires wanting to form a European super league. But they've taken such limited action on discrimination. They take such limited steps. It really highlights the farce, right? Where it's like, oh, you want to go and create your own super league, right? Then we're going to stop your players from playing internationally. We're going to fine you. We're going to, you know, take you to court. And then you, you know, one of your players racially abuses somebody else,
1: and it's like, a, oh, you know, it's just, it's just a little, just a, yeah. you know, well, it doesn't affect them and their pockets, yeah. yeah. One one player's actions, you know, and because it's it is outside of a a a global movement, Mm -hmm. no one in the rest of the world, the whole world, is talking about Black Lives Matter, but no one is talking about Albanian and Serbian Mm -hmm. tensions. So yeah, well, not since the First World War. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So yeah, it's it's like they're doling out punishment based on on how loud the conversation is. Yeah, yeah. And and how much they can get away with. Yeah. um, taking back like with, with the Super League they can go well you're all billionaires so we're going to find you tons of money but the one player is like ah well what's going to what's going to make us look like we're taking this seriously well like, even so actually if 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 the the thought process is what's going to make us look like we're taking this seriously and they land on a one game suspension like I mean you started this by saying it's confusing and yeah that doesn't make any sense no the, the he should immediately have the minimum should be he's out for the tournament yeah and then they, like, they can maybe do a, a tribunal or some kind of, um, I don't know what you would call it, mm. uh, where after the tournament, they'll sit down and look at it properly and go, okay, we need to figure out what the actual punishment should be for this. They uh, yeah. Take their time and make, wait till the tournament's over. But in the short term, the short term course should be, you're out. Because what kind of stance is it? They're putting a quality shit on the yeah. screen before every game. Yeah. Half the teams are taking a knee before the match. And yeah. yet someone ra- ethnically or racially abuses someone and they they're so inconsistent yeah it's infuriating
0: yeah. right and but it's, it's infuriating in the same way that england went to bulgaria and then bulgaria essentially faced no punishment for it really england, yeah but i think to like, some money yeah and it's like it is it's incredibly frustrating Incredibly frustrating, and again, I I say it hasn't been taken seriously since the First World War, but that's not even true because there's literal genocide that happened in the twentieth century, you know, and you know we talk about we spoke about the former Yugoslavian Republic of Macedonia and what that meant, and you know, and and just ah, I want to move on to the other controversy. Oh, there's more. The other controversy, equally as divisive, Cristiano Ronaldo moved those Coca-Cola bottles in me, man. This, this is the perfect thing for the discussion we've just been having that shows what UEFA really fucking cares about. Yeah, yeah. Because UEFA have threatened action if players move their sponsors' Coca-Cola or Heineken bottles from the press briefing. They're like, oh, we'll take action against the federation, the federation countries if their players move Coca-Cola bottles. But if they racially abuse another player on the pitch, oh, they'll miss a game. <laughs> what the fuck? It. it uh, right? Like, I love football. I love this tournament. I've loved this football so much. But I cannot stand this fucking hypocrisy. And I've upset the dogs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Gus. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, Cristiano Ronaldo moved the Coca Cola bottles. Then Paul Pogba moved the Heineken bottle, which they said, oh, well, Paul Pogba is is Muslim, so it's understandable that he would move an alcohol bottle. He doesn't want to be associated with it. But Cristiano Ronaldo moved the the Coca-Cola bottles and said,
1: drink water. And they went, Coca-Cola, like that. Well, yeah, I watched the footage. He just kind of moves them out of the way, slides them along the desk and then just holds a bottle of water and just says agua. As if to say... Why would you drink that when you, yeah, this is yeah. the stuff? And anyone who knows Cristiano Ronaldo as, as a footballer, or if you've seen the, I don't know how many documentaries there are about him now, like he's so strict mm. on what he puts into his body. And that's why he's still the, one of the best players in the world in his mid-30s and yeah. hasn't retired like most other players at his age or, um, or at least in previous generations gone by. So it's, it's not out of character. Yeah. And if, if, say, Ronaldo's religion is health yeah (laughs) why can't he remove sugary drinks out of his periphery because it's his image that is being oh maybe tarnished is not is too strong a word but no but again then we come down to this is something again that we were speaking about off
0: pod yesterday was how fifa are constantly trying to promote this uh like um the Euros is good because it inspires children to want to go outside and play football and be active and lead healthier lives. And we combat childhood obesity whilst being sponsored by Coca-Cola. And if one of the players moves the Coca-Cola bottles and says to drink water because it's healthier, we're going to find them at the same time we're trying to combat childhood obesity. And the whole thing is a farce. It's all a farce. And this is, again, that going back to the European Super League... This is why the Super League was a good idea, because it would have acted outside of the boundaries of these these corrupt corporate motherfuckers, and at least the other corrupt corporate motherfuckers could have chosen who their sponsors were. We started a whole segment called Fuck Those Sponsors on this show, specifically for this reason. <laughs> and now Cristiano Ronaldo is like, yeah, Coca-Cola, it, it, it ruins,
1: you know, it puts, It causes di- childhood diabetes. Well, he stop, I don't know if we're putting words in his mouth, he hasn't said anything, well, it's it's amazing. it's amazing how much you can infer from that simple action. Yes,
0: and again, Manuel, Le, I don't want to mispronounce his name, Italian player. Manuel Locatelli? Locatelli, yeah. Yeah, he also replaced Coca-Cola with uh, with water the other day. So that's three players now that have moved sponsorships for the sake of saying this is... Well, the action says either I don't want to be associated with this or literally in Cristiano Ronaldo's sake, this isn't healthy and I shouldn't be promoting this and we shouldn't be promoting this. And you wait for like yeah, we're going to fine you if you
1: do that again. Yeah, I mean, with Pogba as well, like obviously, as a practicing Muslim, it makes sense that he wants to remove a Heineken bottle from in front of him, even though it was 0%. Oh yeah, they can, which is another that. bullshit about the like, how can a football tournament be sponsored by an alcohol-producing company? It's like, well, it's because we make, we're we advertising specifically as 0% alcohol yeah, products. Yeah. Like, well, you think no one's going to just put two or two together and go buy some, some Heineken? Uh-huh. It's ridiculous that anything should be sponsored at a football stadium that isn't, Um, conducive and in line with what that event is all about. So this is all about being at the peak of physical prowess and the greatest athletes in the world. All the sponsors should be about, hey, kids, if you want to be as great as these, then you should eat healthy, drink healthy, Mm -hmm. exercise, and have a good mental health and all this kind of stuff that you don't see anywhere near anything UEFA or FIFA-affiliated. No. Or, as we can see from behind Cristiano Ronaldo in this
0: image here... His sponsors here are Volkswagen, created by the Nazi Party. Heineken, the alcohol company. JustEatOrTakeaway.com, which is the other the other one that is there. Gazprom, the Russian gas giant owned by the Russian, well, f- partly owned by the Russian government that's trying to destabilise Eastern Europe and build the Nord 2 pipeline directly between Russia and Germany. Qatar Airways, owned by the Qatari government who use slave labour. TikTok and Alipay, both contributors to the Chinese government's control and, uh, and near, if not genocide against the Uyghur people, and TikTok deliberately cancelling down on free speech, but going, look, it's funny because they're dancing. FedEx, who famously stranded Tom Hanks on, open, <laughs> on, on a desert island. That's the worst you could maybe say about it. I mean, FedEx. it's Tom Hanks, Dave. <laughs> uh, he made I, it, he's fine. He made fire! Vivo, again, uh, a Chinese phone brand created by uh, in, in some of the warehouses in the factories where the Chinese workers tried to commit suicide by jumping out the window, so they built suicide nets to prevent them from dying rather than improving the labour conditions. Uh, well,
1: I have something to say about Volkswagen quickly. Okay. Let me just get it up is
0: this is this you know i'm being a little bit coy with the nazi party thing like, i like as if i'm as if i see someone driving a volkswagen and i'm gonna be like you're supporting the nazis
1: by driving that volkswagen yeah. and that's obviously not the case well what you're saying about um volkswagen obviously yeah maybe being a, a related to the nazi party but and i've mentioned before that they had all this controversy about their their carbon emissions a few years ago yeah. which may be why they're being so pushy with electric cars now but we didn't talk about it before. But um, there was a Green pre Greenpeace protest before the Germany France game. Yeah, in Munich, right? Uh, yeah, in Munich, where uh, a parasailer who apparently wasn't supposed to land on the pitch—that was a bit of a fluke accident. Um, but he his parasail said um, kick out the oil and it had the Greenpeace logo on it, and a lot of the um, a lot of the news coverage only picked up that it was you know Greenpeace had claimed responsibility for claim- for for this and it was about oil but no one's picking up on the fact that also on that Paris that parachute was the VW logo but mm. like dripping so it was it was specifically aimed at UEFA's affiliation with Volkswagen for their their well their the damage they've done to the to the climate so it's everything there at UEFA seems to be affiliated with besides FedEx <laughs> and maybe what's the other one booking.com have you got a bad thing to say about booking.com I'm sure there's something. There's something. We haven't looked into it. No. But yeah, see, the vast majority of um, the companies they've chosen to sponsor them are abominable in, in one way or the other. Yeah, But Dave, I know Volkswagen has this
0: long, oh, sordid history. But they did open the tournament by driving a ball onto the pitch with a remote control An car. An
1: adorable Dave. remote control car. Yeah, yeah. With, with,
0: with a VW logo on it. Just to make sure you know that they're sponsored by... And then the ref had to pick it up and go, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. What is this? What is
1: the point of this? That was a real sad moment for for football. Hmm. It's already become so... uh, like slabbed with corporate logos and sponsorships, Hmm. but then to like... Bring it onto the pitch. It almost seems the pitch is almost should be a sacred space, you know, mm. the temple of football. Mm. Don't drive a fucking electric VW on and to carry the ball onto the pitch. Mm. And this again speaks
0: to the response to what after Christian Eriksen collapsed, mm. because what we've seen now is the the Danish team come out and say, and the the Danish coach as well, say, UEFA essentially forced our hand into going back onto the pitch to continue playing Mm. and the team and the manager have both said it was the best worst choice
1: that we had yeah the best of all the the bad like the two bad choices UEFA gave them
0: yeah UEFA didn't give them the chance to replay the game at a later date they didn't give them the chance to to seriously compose themselves. It was
1: either go back on and finish the match or well, you lose by default. No, it was come back on and finish the match now or you come back at noon tomorrow and finish the game. Right. To which the players and the coach were thinking, well, we at that point, I think they didn't really know what was going on with Ericsson. So they're thinking, how the hell are we going to sleep tonight? Yeah. Knowing that we have to come back tomorrow and finish this game when we've just gone through all this. Yeah. So really, I think that I agree. They made the best out of two terrible decisions and just to get the game over with. At least that then it's behind it's them, done. and they can recover and they can. And obviously, they uh, the Danish players refused to make a decision until they knew what was going on with Eriksen. That's why it was delayed by what was it, two hours mm. or three hours, mm. because they needed to know that he was okay. Um. So I think they had they had video messages from him in hospital, conscious, speaking, seeming fairly normal and jovial, and saying thanking his teammates. And but yeah. Are they the Danish coach said that a number of the players were not in a condition to play yeah. and you know how could yeah how could they mm. and really it was not a surprise that they they didn't win that game or even get anything out of it and Finland we, we said that Finland did the honourable and respectable yes. thing by playing by playing them best. Respectfully. respectfully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, and that's that's absolutely true, and I don't think Denmark will have ex, would have accepted if Finland had half asked it. Yeah. Or like like you like you said, in the ninetieth minute just knocked in an equaliser into their own goal so yeah. at least Denmark got a point out of it. Denmark wouldn't have wanted that. Yeah. So Finland did did everything right, really, as you wait for the put them in a terrible position. And then what did happen is we watched um Denmark play again yesterday against mm. Belgium. Against Belgium, and they were Incredible! They were really good yeah. in that first half. Yeah. How they came out and performed the way they did, and they completely blew their Belgium out of the water. Belgium looked like they had no idea what was going on. They yeah. scored within two minutes because this was, well, it was a defensive error at the back. But Belgium was shell shocked, yeah. probably expecting that Denmark would be slow to get into the game. And there was that planned on the tenth minute. It was planned that both teams would stop and applaud for a minute in them um, in respect to to Christian Eriksen, which happened. But I wondered if Belgium were kind of just going, let's just get through this first ten minutes, mm-hmm. get this ten minute thing out of the way, and then we'll play. Whereas Denmark came out and went, we're going to go at them straight away, and we're going to give, uh, prove to our country and prove to Ericsson that you know we're going to do this for for them and for us and for him. And yeah, it was amazing, yeah, really amazing. And eventually, obviously, Denmark, uh, sorry, Belgium come into their own and they showed some of the quality that makes them. The number one ranked team in the world and they deserved to win in the end they were the better team but yeah that first half of Denmark was they an amazing incredible amazing emotional kind of part of this whole tournament which has been kind of staggering as, as as far as tournaments go
0: yeah and I think that kind of talks to this this problem that we're having as the more we watch this which is the football is great and football is special And has helped a lot of people get through, you know, and looking forward to this tournament has helped a lot of people get through the last year. But it is controlled by this higher body, by UEFA and by FIFA, who are contemptible. And whether it be these issues of race where they have not done enough to protect black players and then when there's a, a different form of racism or you know in in the case of this uh, the this um uh, serbian albanian issue which has reared its head again um at the very next tournament yeah they have not done enough for that the the sponsors that they choose on you know are quite frankly disgusting Apologies to Just Eat for <laughs> lumping you in there with, you know, with these other ones. But, you know, my discounted kebab is not quite as important as literal genocide.
1: So... Yeah, I was just, I was wanting to look up, uh, you reminded me about um the Albania stuff from the World Cup and I yeah. wondered, well... If we've seen Arnautovic get suspended for a game, what did they do to Shaqiri and Xhaka at the World Cup? Because I've forgotten, and they didn't even get a suspension; they just got fined. I remember they got fined, and the Swiss fans chipped
0: in to pay for their.
1: They fine. yeah, they started like a, like a just giving me or GoFundMe, yeah, right? yeah, but yeah, then UEFA yeah, yeah. refused to accept it because the whole point was that they should. Mm. So it was like ten thousand Swiss francs each, and Steiner, who was also. One of the other um, Swiss players involved, but not as much, was fined 5,000 francs. But, yeah, they've gone a a completely different tact this time. They've just gone for a one-game suspension. Mm. But I was going to say... A one-game suspension for a player who came off
0: the bench is ridiculous. Mm. Right? So it's obviously not even the first choice anyway. Yeah, clearly. So if you you have a a five-match ban on Cristiano Ronaldo for example, that's potentially Portugal's entire tournament. But a one match ban for a player who came off the bench is like, well,
1: he didn't even be barely played that one. Yeah. So, so dumb. We, and we spoke about with regards to um, UEFA off pod, we talked about um, UEFA saying they will fine the uh, football associations if their players remove bottles Mm. from the press conferences and I think it was like like fifteen thousand euros or whatever was maybe a number thrown out if I've not pulled that out of my arse. But then I, we said look, well that's not a lot of money. No. So. The 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 football associations and the the management for each country could say to their players, look, we're going to get in trouble if if you keep doing this. Um and then yeah the, whatever this number is this figure is unless it's millions, mm-hmm. the footballers themselves are going to be like well to be fair. I value my principles higher than 15,000 euros. So I'll do it. And then when UEFA fine you, uh, you know, French FA or Portuguese FA, send me the bill and I'll pay for it because I will happily pay that because I'm on 500 grand a week, 300 grand a week. Yeah. It's stupid. And there's so, so many times where, and all kinds of different controversies within football, whether it's match fixing or doping or racism or... Uh, more like physically violent moments on the pitch, and they dole out fines. Like you're talking to footballers who earn millions and millions of pounds or euros a week, and you're finding them stuff that they can pull out of their pocket. They might you know, they might just have it as spare change. Mm-hmm. So what really are you gaining from it? You're not really disciplining them. You're not hurting them in any way that's actually going to change their behaviour. All you're doing is you know taking a little bit of cash to put into your, the kitty. All they're doing is replacing the money that they've lost from the sponsors
0: by the, taking that money from the players themselves.
1: Yeah, because ultimately all they really care about is getting paid. Yeah. So wherever it comes from, well, what we've just been talking about is wherever it comes from, they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Because, yeah, I and mean, it would be so easy for them to, if, they, if discipline was what they actually wanted to do, to hurt the players and stop yeah. them from doing it like you just said if moving a sponsored drinks bottle seems shitty but f- say for the sake of a hypothetical Cristiano Ronaldo says something racist to a player yeah. and they go okay well we are going to find you more than 15,000 euros because you're Ronaldo and also yeah you're banned for the rest of the tournament and maybe you weren't you're not allowed to play an international tournament ever again that is huge especially if um yeah if you're Portugal." Mm. That's that's actual discipline. Mm. Not just... It's like, you know, if you want to... If a child has misbehaved, you don't just take away one of their toys that maybe they don't even like that much, yeah. that they'll be a bit of a whingy about it and then they'll forget. You do something that they're actually going to learn from. No, you're right. And that's the thing
0: with, with these kind of... These incidents of, of racism. And another... another at the club level, why fan ownership is so important. Because if clubs are fan-owned and the fans act in well, the fans act in a racist way whether it be abuse or whatever it might be because the club is owned by the fans the club is directly responsible and the fans are directly responsible because they have ownership in the club so when you punish the club for what the fans are doing it's a direct punishment on the fans because the fans are you know that it's not owned by some person in Tampa Bay Florida or, you know, or, or on Wall Street or something. It's owned by, say, the people of Manchester. And if the people of Manchester are racist, well, then you punish the people of Manchester by punishing, you know, by punishing the team. Act in a different way, because this is not acceptable. And it's the same with the nation. As, exactly as you say. If they look into this, this case with the, the Austrian player, and I'm going to mispronounce his name again. Arnautovic, is that right? Arnautovic. No, thank you. If they look into this And find out that he He was racist Essentially racist He should not be allowed To play for his country again
1: Ever That, yeah. should, that should be it mm. But then like a player In the Europa League Misses 10 games And yeah. then he's back he, they, It should be a season At least a season back yeah. and again, At if least Yeah yeah It should be yeah. and It should be you know, Remember when Eric Cantona Karate kicked a fan Yeah Like that was He was gone like that was like, pff, we're not we're not going to take this lightly. You're out for the rest of the for month. I think it was like six to eight months or something. Like it's like yeah, that actually is going to hurt him and it's going to hurt yeah. his team. Whereas yeah, this is not hurting anyone to any real effect. No, which is it's so dumb. Especially as we were talking, we were just talking about how UEFA only really care about their sponsors. So banding out these little kind of pitiful fines against these players doesn't really. Even help them much.
0: No, and especially when we come to something like Pride Month, which we're we're currently in now, where what you see with Pride Month that drives me up the fucking wall is when you see all of the corporations changing their logos to have LGBT colours on it. To be like, we're Disney and we support Pride Month. It's like, well, good for you, Disney. What are you doing about it? Right. If you if you support the LGBT community and are trying to fight against discrimination, what they'll do is they'll bring out a new line of Disney princesses, but they're all wearing rainbow dresses. So that they can capitalize on the inclusion of Pride Month. Right? And that's what we see with UEFA and what what's so disgusting about it. And in some ways the nba is is very much guilty of this as well where the nba will say we we back our black players in their their protests in the blm protest which was different to uh, to the nfl you know where colin kaepernick was knelt and then the nfl didn't know what to do because the majority of his fan base was was white and like well we don't know what to do about this and trump was you know trump was being trump but the nba said the vast majority of our players are black the vast majority of our fan base are black. And the vast majority of our sponsors are going are advertising to to black players in this instance, so we we do support our players because it work it it works right with with everything else connected. We can stick to our principles here, but when it came to Hong Kong, one of the, the general manager of the Houston Rockets in the NBA said we should support democracy in Hong Kong. The NBA shut them down. Because the Chinese fans, the, the, the Chinese uh, Basketball Association, said we're not going to broadcast another NBA game at all until this is dealt with. And so that's gone. So the NBA could turn around and say, yes, we supported our black players. We supported our black viewers. But did they support the people in, in Hong Kong, in Xinjiang, in their biggest market? No, because it's their biggest market. So they can say at home, yeah, we did what we had to do. But when it came to the international ramifications, they're willing to let these things slide. And UEFA is exactly the same thing. Equality. We're going to stick it on our screen. Look, our players are kneeling. And if you boo that, you're a bad person. But we are, meanwhile, also sponsored by, you know, sponsored by TikTok. And we're we're sponsored by Alipay. And we're, we're sponsored by Gazprom. And we're sponsored, you know... We believe in trying to make a better world for tomorrow... By fighting climate change... But we are sponsored by Volkswagen... (laughs) And it's a joke... It is a joke... And it is unbelievable to me... That the one person that I respect... In this entire situation... Is Cristiano Ronaldo... (laughs) The one person you previously hated the most... Because yeah, you know how I feel about (laughs) Cristiano Ronaldo... On that pitch talented as he is he can go fuck himself (laughs) but when he brings that stubborn dickhead nature into that room and that same nature that causes him to be a fucker on the pitch when he comes out and he angles that same energy towards the right person i'm like yeah Yeah. yes cristiano Ronaldo, you move those coke bottles and if that is the biggest protest we're going to get Against the actions of UEFA is the
1: moving of Coke bottles. Well, and the, the fucking paraglider, which was not talked about. No, at no all. not at all. Not, not at all. talked about. They tried to bury that completely, yeah. but it, kind of, it still got out. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, there, there have been protests against these things. And what, what else could come? Who knows? I want Cristiano Ronaldo
0: on a hand glider into Serbia. <laughs> and he's he's flipping the bird He's flipping the bird, no Because that's discrimination against the Serbs And oh, that, yeah. you know, that's that's no better than the other way around And I think maybe that's something that, you know Which might lead us to look at the, the Xhaka thing from the World Cup a little bit differently From when we spoke about it last time Which we spoke about how it was deliberately inflammatory Yeah, yeah Right And the only difference was it was to the fans it wasn't to another player. They didn't turn around to Serbian players and start doing it. They went up to the fans to do it. And maybe if it had been to other players, it would, I don't know if it,
1: maybe, it, because again, it was a the symbol. They didn't turn around and go, that's for genocide. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or something like
1: it that. It was more of a supportive, but you think it would be a supportive thing, yeah, but they did it to the opposing fans. Mm. Whereas if they went up to the faces of the opposing mm. players, maybe that would have been a whole different thing because then you're inviting recompense and yeah. the opposing players are probably going to be like, don't you fucking do that to me. And they're, oh, do you argy-bargy? Don't you fucking, don't you fucking. And yeah, it becomes a, a fracas.
0: Yeah. So this has ended up being the controversy, controversy episode. And I'm glad that we got one. And I'm glad that we gave ourselves the space to get into it. Because uh, we've been able to watch a lot of this and record a lot of this in person. But I'm leaving today, so we might not have a chance to record some more. Um, but I'm really glad that we had a chance to get into those things that we've been speaking about off pod and just really just nail it down because it is that thing where we've we have loved watching the football for the last week but every time it comes to halftime and they're like the euro 2020 sponsored by alipay what do we do and if that doesn't end up on the pod then you know we're we're not honestly sharing our experience about you know about what it's been like, been like yeah. to watch, and it has been again amazing football. And North Macedonia, we've said, but uh, well, I'm sure when we get to the probably I imagine now the losers talk. North Macedonia have earned our respect, and Denmark have been absolute like literal Vikings, like out they have fought like warriors. Like, yeah, yeah, and Wales have been yeah. absolutely abel- unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, just it has been an amazing week of football. But it wouldn't be an episode of Who Watches the World Cup if we didn't highlight that it's, the football isn't everything. Yeah. And this is the lie of when people say, um, "the oh, black players, black players kneeling for the Black Lives Matter thing isn't political because it is inherently political. The whole action is inherently political because we bring those things onto the pitch. And it being political is not a bad thing. Right. When when someone says, oh, kneeling isn't political, they're trying to say that uh, they're not trying to bring an, an outside influence, a negative influence onto the pitch. But it being a political, it's like saying that the, the players at the Mexico Olympics raising their fists isn't political. Like, of course it was like like it, that was the definition of it it is a political act. But that doesn't mean that the political act is a negative act. Right. Those those two things have become synonymous because politics is dirty and grammy as i said in the introduction right it's a sordid disgusting thing of the rich and the upper class trying to control the people below them and that could be classism it can be sexism it can be racism and what we see with uefa is what happens when you have a political sporting body right and uefa is just another government and when you kneel, and you are a player kneeling, you're not just kneeling to highlight your society. It's a deliberate affront to UEFA because they'll say that they're being they're supporting equal
1: rights, and meanwhile they couldn't give a shit. So, and really obviously, like yes. it's so blatant they don't give a shit, and it's it's so bizarre that nothing is being done. Yeah, because who? But then who is there to who can go? Who is there that can step in and go? UEFA is being awfully contradictory, and um, there there are there are spatterings of of corruption here. Maybe maybe us, this imaginary body that I've just come up with, who whose job it is to regulate um, sporting governments, should just have a look. Because even though, even though when FIFA, there was all this stuff about FIFA and Set Blatter and everything, yep, yep. that was all uncovered, and he was corrupt, and FIFA was corrupt, but what happened? I don't know, nothing. There were still World Cups and there was still... All the, all the football still went on even though the body that organises it and decides where the tournament's are going to be played are... <laughs> we know that they're corrupt. We are, we talk about it. Everyone talks about it all the time. Why does everything just carry on as if nothing's happening? Mm. And the only person who's trying to do something is a Portuguese man who was
0: tried for tax evasion. <laughs> so he's not exactly a beacon of hope.
1: But know, I'm 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 with him. I hope he keeps doing it. Yeah. And I hope that instead of, um, Paul Pogba and, and Locatelli and Ronaldo being kind of um outcast, out, outcast yeah. I hope that the rest of the footballing the first the rest of the footballers go no actually they've taken they've weren't even really planning on it like Pogba did it very subtly he just didn't want it whereas Ronaldo made a bit more of a show of it, but they were just being principled. Then says they just would rather not. Yeah. And yeah, I would hope more players fall in line and go, yeah, no, I don't. Pogba is sponsored by Pepsi, so that, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't move the cop the the coke bottles too, mm. or I'll just pull out a Pepsi bottle to put it next to the coke bottle and be like, both colas are available. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so yeah, I, I that'd be great. Hit, that's what I'm rooting. For. I'm rooting for press conferences from here on out to be, a a stance of unity among the players to go. Yeah, actually, I don't recognize these companies as. Uh, as in line with my principles and my image. So I'm just going to remove them from the frame of which your cameras are going to catch me. And all the signs behind me, I can't do anything about. And all the rest of the desk is covered in Coke bottles and the managers aren't going to move it. And, you know, if so I was still there.
0: A, if I was a Ukrainian player forced to stand in front of a Gazprom sign, yeah. I, I would be spitting at it. You can't separate the politics from the sport. And as much as people on Twitter want to say, Oh, I wish the black players wouldn't bring this politics into the sport. You're talking nonsense. Because you can't separate it. You can't. And you especially can't separate it at an international tournament. Mm. Oh, I just want to watch all these countries play each other. And then when we beat Germany, I could say, Ha ha, two world wars. (laughs) But I don't want politics in my football. Fuck off. (laughs) Fuck off and get on board. Join the revolution, my brothers. Because this needs to end. And so does the pod, because this has gone for ages. <laughs> but we still
1: want to watch the football.
0: Oh yeah, the football's great. And join us for Group E, because that's also going to be a good conversation. Pimp away! <laughs> wow.